Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The information depicted in this podcast is purely for informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional before making any changes to your lifestyle or routine. Hey everyone and welcome to the Boost Your Biology podcast. My name is Lucas and I'm the founder of Ergogenic Health. Together in this podcast series, we will go underground to explore cutting-edge health and human performance insights that you simply cannot search on Google to help you upgrade your existence. So without any further ado, let's jump into today's episode. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Boost Your Biology podcast. Today, I'm super excited to be joined in with a fellow entrepreneur, Today, we have Brandon Gilbert. Brandon, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. Awesome. So maybe, Brandon, let my listeners know a little bit about yourself. Obviously, I've seen your YouTube channel, and I know you create tons of incredible content around herbal medicine um, and Eastern philosophy, internal arts. So maybe do you want to let my listeners know a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got into this uh, health optimization space? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think my story is not that unique in many ways. Like many people started off in kind of very normal mainstream worldview, you know, normal kind of health, had my own problems that really weren't addressed or even properly acknowledged by those systems. And then kind of had to find, find my own way, find my own, um, you know, journey. Like, you know, I, I was born and raised in a really small town in Indiana with like probably 20, 25,000 people at the most. And, uh, you know, let's, let's just say in the eighties and nineties, there was no one interested in any of this stuff. And even in two thousands, you know, so in my teens, I got into interested in like Taoism and Buddhism and Eastern philosophy in general. And then that just kind of like was the foundation. And I just kept following that interest and kept following that passion. Um, cause just for whatever reason, my personality, whether you want to call it an asset or a defect, I just can't really do things that I'm not genuinely interested in or passionate about. I have a hard time being disingenuine or being dishonest or like just doing things that I don't really feel good about. Um, <laughs> as pros and cons, as you can imagine, I wasn't great for school and other activities, but has led me down, you know, these interesting avenues. Um, and then once, once I really got on Eastern philosophy, it just, it just something clicked. It just kind of 
made a lot of sense to me, even though I didn't cognitively really understand it. And I just kind of followed that. It led me to like yoga and meditation in my, or I guess probably late high school. So I was like 18 to like early twenties was like really into yoga and meditation, like almost militant, like every single day, waking up, meditating, like sitting for an hour, doing breathing for like 30, 45 minutes and doing like physical postures for about 90 minutes. Um, cause I, w- I went to an ashram, uh, in California and stayed there for like a few weeks. And I just like completely reset a lot of stuff and opened me up and helped me let go of a lot of stuff that I was holding on to. And then just from there, just kept following that passion, you know, led to Chinese medicine, led to herbalism and just my mindset is also like, I always want the best. I always want the most efficient and most effective because I'm very kind of results oriented. I don't care about the trimmings. I don't like if something really works and obviously it's not causing harm and it's not having a negative impact, then I'm all about it from whatever thing it is. I'll, I'll absorb it and utilize it because it's like, we only have one life. People get hung up on all these things and spend all this time, you know, arguing and defending all this stuff. And it's like, man, there's a lot, I think there's a lot more to life than the, you know, than these things. Um, so then, yeah, then I started Hyperion in 2010 and uh, my YouTube channel, uh, like 2009, just to more or less share what I had learned about um, Chinese herbs and the mushrooms and philosophy and Eastern stuff in general. Cause I was also lucky to have many mentors, you know, along my life and many, many good teachers and, many really skilled practitioners um, in whatever their field might be, whether it was acupuncture or herbalism or um, like manual therapy or like weird forms of body work, meet people that are just really, really, really good at what they're do at what they're doing. And just, I just try to absorb like, how, how do they see the world? I kind of, when I started to ask myself, like, how did they get from A to B? Like I get what they're doing. And like, I'm not going to be an amazing body worker, but how do they think? How do they look at things? How do they process information? And then that was, that was like really amazing. So I just kind of try to share a lot of that stuff on my YouTube channel, because I think health is, it's a, it's a lot more than just like what you take and what you do. Um, I think, uh, you know, your beliefs obviously are very important and um, the decisions that we make and how we live our lives, I think. You know, I, like I've said this example, like a long time, like a negative, you can have the best diet, the best supplements, the best lifestyle routine. But like, if your relationship isn't, is as terrible, it's going to negate all of that stuff. Like it doesn't matter how much you do eventually that negative thing in your life is going to trump all the positive things you're doing. So, um, that's kind of what I try to do on my YouTube channel and just share my opinion and my perspective and hope that it, <laughs> hope that it helps people. <laughs> Yeah. And I must admit, you've done a, you've done a fantastic job, Brandon. I mean, I've, I've, I remember coming across your videos a number of years ago when I, when I had no idea on how to do anything related to social media. And I remember yeah, being impressed by some of your like herbal medicine reviews and explaining medicinal tonics and mushrooms. And you have a really, I think, um, balanced approach in the way that you deliver your information. And I really, really do respect that. Um, I want to go back to what you mentioned about like Eastern philosophy. Maybe let's open up this discussion around this. Um, maybe what do you think are the biggest differences between like Eastern philosophy versus like traditional, um, like Western medicine, for example? Yeah, that's, that's a big one. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I think 
It kind of just depends because if we talk about, well, I guess the first thing I should make is myself, like many people, when I first started off, I kind of idealized and glorified Eastern philosophy and Eastern practices like, oh, it's different. And so it's probably better. And in some ways, yes, but in some ways they have just the same problems that we have, just the same issues. Cause it's also like, we're in the modern age, like even like Chinese medicine in a lot of places, like they really merged, which is actually in some ways kind of cool. Like they took the best parts from their medical system and the best parts from like the modern thing and kind of put it together in a way that I think is like, can be quite useful. And I, I hope someday we get there, but I mean, we'll see. Um, so I think the biggest difference is really just comes down to, I mean, without getting too large, it's kind of like the cosmology, like what basically like what is a human, what is the world and like what is health? So I've, you know, I spent a, a lot of hours on my channel trying to unpack those different ideas just to, because I think that's quite important. Um, and like, it's also why I will tell people sometimes like, just don't even bother with anything alternative. Just stick, stick with like what you like, you believe your beliefs and your philosophy is completely in alignment with like the mainstream thing. So like, just stay there because that's, that works with like everything you think and feel about yourself in the world. So don't even waste your time, like trying to do natural stuff and people will be kind of confused, but I'm just kind of like, look, just, you'll be probably better off anyways. Um, so anyway, circle back to your point of like, what are the, the biggest differences? I would say it comes back to those basic, like fundamental questions, um, which I think those are, those are big questions and, they're not quite as quite so easy to understand um, because in what the reason I mentioned the, the modern distinction earlier is because I try to base what I think and feel and do from what I learned from people that are really skilled in Chinese medicine and all the associated arts, which is something that's like pretty much largely extinct in the modern world. Um, so like, to me, that's, that's my, the worldview that I'm trying to get to and that I want to move towards. So that's everything I say will come out of that. So when I talk about medicine, it's more so from like that place. Um, so I don't know, I don't know if I'm getting too off topic, but I think these are kind of important distinctions to make because, you know, we live in the modern world and things are kind of getting very homogenous, but yeah, I think it just comes down to um, the cosmology and those basic things, which, I've spent a, a lot of time talking about because I think a lot of people struggle with it and fall into the trap of kind of like, basically, I think what a lot of people do is like, let's say I'm wearing a yellow shirt and all of a sudden, like, we agree yellow shirts are bad. And then I think I'm a bad person because if I put on a yellow shirt and I run across the room and put on a black shirt. And now I think I'm like a different person because I changed my shirt ultimately who I am as a person didn't change something very superficial. Like my shirt is what changed. So oftentimes when people try to make these philosophical shifts from like, I'm rejecting modern and Western and now I'm going Eastern. It's kind of what they do. They kind of like just slightly change the words, but the core mechanics are still actually the same. And I completely understand how that happens because anything legitimately authentic from Eastern traditions is like an absolute pain in the ass, like just such a hassle. 
because and this is this is leading me to the major point that I wanted to make is that basically like Chinese medical philosophy let's say like people have heard of five element theory and like the, that kind of basic idea you know wood earth metal water fire right so a lot of people assume that like that's based on nature but the reason why that is was done is that it was invented by the communists to put things in terms that like a farmer can understand that's not how the original people actually arrived at the philosophy or the conclusion they arrived at that because they were doing high level cultivation practices that changed their whole system in I guess we could say elevated their consciousness to a different place that they could then look at anything and understand completely the cause and effect relationships that led to it. And then out of that mindset, they codified it and systematized it into Chinese medical theory. So it's kind of like they came at it from a different way. So that's why I say it's a hassle because unless you're like actively engaging in those practices that lead to those outcomes, it's really difficult to like arrive at a really profound or deep, meaningful understanding of the concepts. Um, so I, I don't know if that makes sense or if it's like too abstract, but it's just, it's, it's different because our medical idea is like, I want to be a doctor. I'm going to go to school and get a degree. And now I can practice because I jumped through all the things and I can repeat whatever. Whereas traditionally it was like, Basically, sometimes people didn't even have a choice. It was like, you were born in this family. This is what you have to do. So here's this grueling training you have to do for 20 years. And if you suck, you're out. Like, that's it. You can't be a doctor because you want to be. It's like based on skill and development and like that sort of thing. So that's kind of a different, also a different um, philosophical thing. So I've been fortunate enough to meet a handful of practitioners that are of a really high caliber with Chinese medicine. And these are like some of the details that I've noticed in terms of like the differences. Um, and mm. just as a personal caveat, like one of the first really good Chinese medicine people I met, I think I met him in like 2011 and I walked into his office, no real dialogue. He just took me to the table and is like, yeah, here, lay down I'll be back in a minute. And I'm like, okay. And then he just like came in the room and just completely like took apart my whole character and my whole life. He was just like, yeah, you don't actually need medical treatment. You just need reprogramming. And then like for the next 90 minutes was just breaking down all these parts of my character and my life and my life experience. And I'm just sitting there thinking like, what, (laughs) how do you know all this stuff? I mean, I was so completely mystified because there was no intake. There was no conversation there was no dialogue and the guy's not like a psychic or a medium or anything like kind of weird like that it's just i'm like oh he's just actually good at the medical system so you can just look at someone and see exactly what's going on and see the cause and effect relationships like that are leading that are basically causing me to show up as the way that i am and that just blew my mind so for the next however many years that i saw him i was just like how how does he understand this? How does he think like this? How does he get this way? I was just like trying to understand. And that really like opened up a lot for me. And I've, I've since met people that are even better and even more skilled. Um, Mm. So hopefully that in a lot of, from a lot of different angles kind of like answers the question. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's definitely, I mean, it's a very, it's a very deep conversation and it's a very like uh, expansive topic. Like, I mean, I'd, I'd like to, 
I'd like to add to that as well. Like, I guess even just sure. that last point you mentioned there around, um, like he was able to observe you and like unpack many facets of your life. And through that, there was like healing that took place. I guess like one of the key differences I'd say with like Western medicine versus like yeah, Eastern yeah. medicine, the, the level of understanding and empathy that they have for the, for the client versus like, you know, modern doctors these days, they have literally five minutes and it's just yeah. like, here's a script and get out of my office sort of thing. Um, but it's definitely, That's yeah, cool. I mean, it's definitely really, you know, deep, deep discussion. And, um, was there like a, I'd love to know, like with yourself, Brandon, was there like a, uh, sure. a really pivotal moment in your heel, like in, like in your, in your life that was like a really transform transformative experience, like very, very powerfully healing. Uh, yeah, I think I've, I've had a few for sure. Um, I, I mean, I think one comes, I mean, meeting that guy was quite, quite profound. Um, I think that person in particular completely changed the trajectory of my life. Um, in, in terms of like helping me see myself clearly and develop a discernment and like almost to like, basically what I realized after my relationship with that person is, in some ways it like I developed a, a sword that was a little too sharp and I was just using it all the time. So it created conflict in my relationships to where I would point out exactly the dynamic that was going on. And like, to me, that was normal because I developed this relationship with this person. It was super comfortable. I was like, Oh, I just finally, but then I realized a lot of people that's not really their palate. So I had to kind of dial that back. Um, yeah. But I think in terms of just something very tangible that would like completely change the whole trajectory, I think, when I first started training uh, internal arts with like an authentic teacher and basically like my lower Dantian activated for the first time, that was, I think one of the biggest eye-opening reality transforming, like everything, like just completely like I'm going in this direction. Now I'm going in this direction. Just a complete, because, you know, before that, before that time, I'd always, you know, I'd been studying Qigong and studying Chinese medicine and hearing stuff about Qi and all this stuff, but I hadn't really met a really good teacher so that I could actually put my foot in that river personally and get a tangible experience. But basically when that happened, it was just like, oh, whoa, this is kind of like what I've been kind of looking for all these years. And that just put me on this whole other massive trajectory. And then this was 2014. So, I mean, I've just still been working that process and basically like part of the, the part of the outcome of that process is your whole body just kind of like almost like deflates in a way where like all the stress, all the tension, all the distortions in your physical structure, just as one example, just basically are removed. I mean, not instantly, but through a process, and you kind of like start moving more towards maybe your original blueprint. If you want to use that kind of terminology before, like you get distorted by life. Um, so, I mean, that was profound and it, it still is, and it just keeps kind of getting more deep and more profound and like kind of just more so altering who I am as a person and how I see the world. And subsequently my health improves mm -hmm. as a result in terms of mm -hmm. more energy, uh, less need for sleep, less need for food, like less need for basically anything. Like I'm, I was, 
you know, but for most of my life, I had to get regular body work because I was in so much pain. I had to take all these herbs, had to do all this stuff just to kind of like maintain homeostasis. And then through the training and stuff, I was able to just pretty much drop all of that and mm-hmm. kind of just be like, oh, okay, I can just kind of exist and, <laughs> and feel okay. And, and, you know, I can take stuff to kind of supplement and enhance, but I'm not doing this balancing act just to kind of like basically survive. So mm-hmm. I would say that was one of the most transformative things. And then also like when I first took reishi mushroom, that was another big one. Um, that was like set me on the whole, you know, herbalism journey and everything. And I think um, also when I was at the yoga ashram, you know, I had like started having out of body experiences, but I didn't know what they were. I never heard of them. Um, and then when I first started taking reishi, I started having out of body experiences and I did, I still didn't know what they were. And then I like, I looked it up and I was like, Oh, that's what's happening. And then ratio just kind of like opened up a whole new, but that was like 2004, 2005 kind of. So I've, I've had quite a lot of really impactful um, stuff. And then also, you know, a handful of other mentors that I've met that were extremely impactful. So a lot of stuff that I feel pretty grateful for. And also my personality type used to be pretty extreme. So I, th- I think I just packed a lot in a short space of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'd love to. I'd love to switch gears and actually dive deep into the herbal medicine side of things and medicinal mushrooms because that's a definitely an area that I'm extremely passionate about as well. And I love yeah. talking about yeah. herbal medicine being yeah. a naturopath. Um, so you mentioned so reishi mushroom was a. I mean, you described that having out of body experiences. I, I, when I use when I personally use reishi mushroom, I remember getting so many. Um, like deja vu moments. Like I felt like I had been here before, almost like I was like, I was replaying a situation in my, in my mind that I've already been in this position before. So I had some really crazy things like that happen with Reishi. Some, a lot, some people do. I mean, not everyone, not not everyone does, but some people tend to really have some strong experiences like that. Mm. So maybe let's let's dive into medicinal mushrooms and um, yeah. maybe with as part of Hyperion herbs and maybe like through your experimentation and, and years of I guess wisdom um, with yeah. medicinal yeah. mushrooms. First of all, maybe do you want to talk about how like a lot of companies out there right now are making critical mistakes as far as harvesting or um, actually production quality side of things. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the biggest thing is just, well, I, I can think of a few things, but I'll say the absolute biggest thing that I see is just, um, people just selling ground up mycelium. Mm. And I think that's like the biggest, at least in America. I mean, I, I'm not sure what the market is in Australia and wherever uh, people are listening, but at least in America, you go to the store and basically what you're going to get is ground up mycelium and the problem with that is that mycelium can only eat uh, about 50 percent of whatever it's grown on and then it's basically full so you'll notice if you buy a product and that's mycelium and you taste it and you're like "Mm, it's pretty sweet that's because it's brown rice or oats whatever it was grown on like 50 percent of what you just paid for was just oat powder or rice powder Um, and then the mycelium's in there which i'm like okay for children or like pets like okay fine it's not it's not harmful but it, it is a little bit misleading and it's like can give people the kind of the wrong idea about herbalism and like because this is 
this is kind of reminds me of one of my pet peeves in terms of why I started my company is that people, at least where I grew up in, in Indiana and in Kentucky is, it's just kind of the idea was like, Oh, herbalism is dumb. Like it doesn't do anything. It's weak. It's ineffective. It's pathetic, you know? And then I'm just like, well, that's because what you're buying and what you're getting is weak and pathetic. I'm like, let me show you how it can be potent. So that's kind of that was some of the idea of like, I'll show people like, look, these are concentrated extracts that were grown properly and extracted properly and packaged properly. And you could take a little bit and get a large effect. And now I'll be like, look, herbs actually do something <laughs> like, wow, who, what a concept. Um, so I think that's really one of the biggest, the biggest things. And I think on an, another point is just kind of philosophical, which is like, because I've been in the industry since 2004, I guess, um, just as like a customer. And then I had my first business in 2006 and then I had started Hyperion in 2010. Like I've just seen so many latest and greatest things that come on board. And, um, it, there's just always kind of like a new thing, um, because that, and that actually, that actually kind of reminds me of another pet peeve that I'll, I'll circle back to, but basically it's like, I've just seen so many things come and go. And I think people get caught up in it. And then we get new people that come in the industry that don't really know a lot about it. Haven't really been in, in it for a long time, or maybe don't have a deep personal relationship with the actual herb. And then that obviously can lead to a lot of mistakes. Um, and, and then people get sucked into these kind of like one size fits all approaches. Like mycelium is good. Mycelium is bad. Must be a hot water extract. Must be a dual extract. Like all these different things. It must be 20 to one, must be 30 to one. Like just people get fixated in all these different like kind of rules. But like oftentimes what you lose is the actual... <laughs> personality and the efficacy of what that product is, because I tend to look at things a little more individualistic or a little more situational and a little more contextual, because all I care about is the result. I'm not really worried about adhering to some like rigid, whatever I, I want. I know ratio is great because I've worked with it intimately. So I want my product to reflect that. However, I can do that best and accomplish the goals that I want to accomplish is what I'm going to do. That's more so my kind of like pragmatic mindset, which I think is why I've had so many customers that have been with me since like 2010. I mean, it's crazy for me to think about like people have been buying from my company for that long. I'm just like, but I mean, I just personally, I don't sell anything that I don't 100% believe in or that I don't completely take myself on a regular basis. Um, which kind of reminds me and circles back to the pet peeve that I thought of earlier, which is a lot of people will criticize mainstream like pharmaceutical medicine for two reasons. First being it's profit driven, right? It's like, they don't really care about people or efficacy or anything. It's just like, we have a product or we want to make money. So we're going to push the agenda for that. That's the first thing. The second problem is usually because of people hyper-focus on like one chemical we're going to isolate this one chemical for this one mechanism for this one effect. But like rarely does that ever actually, is that the case? There's always all of these other effects. I mean, I think the average efficacy for a pharmaceutical is like five to 15%, just kind of low. Um, and I'm just kind of like, wow, really? This is the standard. <laughs> like this is, this is what you guys have been shooting for, for hundreds of years. Like, come on, I think we can do better. 
Um, so why I mention that is for those two critiques, those two things, at least from what I've seen over the years, those same exact mechanisms drive the natural industry to a large degree as well. Like a lot of the new latest, greatest products that would come on the market. If you follow the food chain back, it's like someone invented it in a lab or some major company found a new byproduct of some process or they found something and then they get on the phone with their sales reps that reach out to their distributors. And then those distributors reach out to people that have, you know, relationship with suppliers and company owners. And it's kind of the same exact model. And it's like, but then they're pushing it as like, this is the latest, greatest thing. You must have it is the newest thing. And it's like, maybe, or maybe someone just byproduct in a lab or made it up and now it's getting pushed. And so that happens a lot. And then also pe people hyper fixate on like isolated chemicals and isolated mechanisms, which I, I understand there is a time and a place for that, of course. But it's also I'm, at a certain point, I'm kind of like, wait, I thought we were against these mechanisms. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's just that's just what I've seen over the years from being on both sides of it, because as, as much as I've been into it for business, I've also been into it as a consumer and as like a, an enthusiast. Um and I saw the same thing with like CBD, for example, that was a great example of it. Watching how CBD developed in America, it showed me exactly the mechanism. Um, so that's their, you know, it's kind of long winded and kind of abstract, but I would say some are, those are some of the biggest mistakes that I, that I've seen over the years in terms of mushrooms, but also just kind of like supplements in general. Yeah. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up. Brandon is like related to the um, isolated constituent from a herb. For example, the, the example that I always use is L-theanine from green tea. It's like yeah. somebody had to discover L-theanine as the relaxing anti-stress anxiolytic compound from green tea. And I'm, I'm torn as well because I, I studied naturopathy. So herbal medicine as well. My dad's right. a pharmacist, so I understand. Yeah. So I'm like torn between like pulling the isolated compound versus using the whole herb. But I'm, I'm yeah. like, well, if somebody discovered L-theanine and look at the beneficial effects of like L-theanine, a lot of people are seeing huge benefits. Then, yeah, is that such a bad thing? The fact that we no, not bad. I wouldn't say so. I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. You can't I don't. I, not it's not good to be like super rigid, you know, because I think pharmaceutical stuff definitely can have something to offer. And obviously science and biochemistry and all these things like can be very useful. So it would be silly to just completely reject it, you know. Um, but I mean, I realize that's kind of a more difficult, nuanced position sometimes. Um, but I think, you know, at least for me, that just kind of was how my brain works. So. But that's, that's interesting. Your dad's a pharmacist. What does what does he think about what you're up to these days? Uh, well, funnily enough, I, I got him. I've got him. In, got him off all of his medications apart from one. And um, he okay. used to use like those reflux medications, which I'm sure you've spoken about before, like acid reflux medications, PPIs, things like that. Um, yeah. And he he's been off those for now, like. 15 years um, wow. with, with uh, yeah. And so like he, I think he, he understands and he respects what I'm doing a lot more now that I've got a bit more of a, a bit more of an audience and people know that I know my stuff as well. Um, so that, that yeah. helps. 
Um, but like, again, I, I share him, I send him the research and, and whenever people are doubting herbal medicine or they, they, they question, oh, you know, yeah, it's not effective. Yeah. I just share them the research, like speak with the research. That's pretty cool. Actually. I think, I mean, I don't know if it's exactly the case, but I just, I just imagine having someone like, like kind of having that standard behind you would kind of make you hold yourself to a higher standard. You know what I mm. mean? Cause it's like, you're not really going to be able to just get a lot of stuff past them. You know what I mean? Like you kind of have to know your stuff, I would think, which I think is probably a great thing because, you know, it makes you know your stuff. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, no, no, you're right. It's definitely like, uh, you, it's, you have to hit a, a, a certain standard to be held like, Oh, that's legitimate. You know, sort of thing. It's a good point. Hmm. Yeah, I think there's there's definitely worse things, you know, because mm. I mean, you know, on the other extreme, I'm out here in Oregon and there's people that are just completely abandoned, all left brain, all logic, all research. And they're just like <laughs> way, 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 way off the deep end and stuff. And it's like, I don't think that's particularly that, you know, helpful either. I think somewhere in the middle is kind of, you know, pull pull the, the good parts from each side, I think is, is probably better. <laughs> yeah. So Brandon, maybe let's sort of transition and let's sort sure. of discuss, I'd love to hear about, because I'd imagine over the years you have probably recommended thousands of different, or you've suggested thousands of different like protocols or different supplement regimes and herbal medicine formulas for clients. I'd love to learn about if you were to, treat a patient that is burnt out has no energy and just lacks all sorts of lacks vitality and and thrill and zest for life like what approach would you take and which herbs would you consider absolutely um it's funny because i i had a quiz on my website and it had thousands and thousands of people took it and like 95% of people are exactly <laughs> what you, exactly what you just described. That's what everyone, that's the box everyone ticked. Um, so, I mean, I think I would come at it from a few different angles. I mean, I think gynostema is a great place to start. And I, I know you've promoted that and talked about it before. It's like just almost like a mind boggling herb it's like how does this thing even exist how is this how is this a thing and it's so easy to use it's economical it tastes good it does so many incredible things but it's gentle which is like that's a, such a rare thing that something can do all these things and be gentle usually it's kind of one or the other <laughs> um so i think gynostema is like just amazing um and then you know any of the mushrooms like cordyceps is great for giving people kind of more energy. So maybe morning earlier in the day, um, reishi is great for helping people to kind of relax, chill out, unwind at the end of the day. So, I mean, honestly, over the years, you know, it's like you said, I have come up with hundreds of different protocols and so many different things. And then over the last few years, I just kind of kept started keeping things a a lot more simple um, because, you know, there's very few herbs that can work for everyone and there's very few herbs that can someone can take regularly for a long period of time without developing side effects and the mushrooms tend to check um, those boxes meaning it's safe for a lot of people to take 
minimal side effects and you can take it over the long term and not throw your body, you know, in, in, in any different direction. Um, so I kind of just usually keep it simple with s- some of the mushrooms, depending on what someone needs, whether it's energy, cordyceps, calming down, reishi, uh, mental acuity and focus, lion's mane, um, and then also just gynostema. But then I, I tend to be a little more, um, I guess, <laughs> more of a pain in the ass because I'm like, well, why, why are you so tired? Why are you so like beat down by life? I mean, I can understand if it's like, okay, I'm a single mom, I have three kids and I have to work full time. And I just, all these things that are outside of my control that I'm just responsible for. I'm like, okay, I get it. But it's like a lot of people I, I talk to and they're not in that situation. I'm like, okay, well, maybe let's take an, a, a, an account of your life. Like sit down with a piece of paper. What is stressing you out? What is bothering you? Which I find, I found over the years, it's much easier for people to be negative than it is for, for us to be positive. Like if you ask people like, what annoys you? What do you not like? Like that's, that's really, it's like top of mind, yeah. <laughs> you know? But if you're like, oh, if you're like, imagine your dream life. I'm just like, um, so I kind of draw a blank. So you just do basic stuff, like write down, this is what I don't like. This is what's bothering me. This is what's annoying me. This is what's draining me. And then take a step further and say, well, can I eliminate it? Yes or no. Can I make some change to adjust the situation or improve the situation? Yes or no. If I can't do any of those things, do I just have to kind of accept it or try to get through it or try to find a long-term way out of it or something like that? Um, So I just always try to take it a little bit further than just, you know, take this. Cause it's like, well, like I said earlier, like if you're in a relationship, that's terrible. Reishi is only going to help you so much, you know I mean? Cause, cause the thing is, it's like a lot of times why people and just the body in general, the reason why the body oftentimes gets out of balance is because it's trying to compensate for something. Like if I, if I lean, and I don't, I don't know if it's just going to be just audio or video, but if I'm leaning all the way over to my left, all this other stuff on the right side of my body has to kind of switch on and compensate. Right. So then if I lived 30 years in that distorted posture, obviously like the left side of my body is going to get constricted. The right side of my body is going to get kind of long, but also constricted. But if you flip that over to like psychologically, if people are living from like such a distorted place, the body is going to try and find some kind of homeostasis and adaptation to that. So you kind of also have to look at, well, what's the distortion? What's the thing that's throwing you off your center anyways and then how can we get you back to center so you don't actually require all of the compensation and i realize that's a harder you know that's a harder and a longer process but i think ultimately it's you know more rewarding and i think it's to go back to your original question what's the difference between you know eastern and western western's kind of like here take a pill adios versus like Easter would kind of be like, okay, here's something to support you and help you. And let's kind of look at the bigger picture and figure out, you know, how we can get you to a place of more homeostasis and more balance. Um, Because one thing I realized over the years, at least in terms of dealing with like mental, emotional kind of um, disturbances or imbalances is that 
on the surface, they can all seem very different. Like anxiety can seem different than depression and anger and frustration and all these different kinds of emotions that we all can get caught up in or experience from time to time. But what I realized is actually the solution to the vast majority of it is actually the same. And the solution is just basically get back to a place of comfort because ultimately whatever negative emotion you think is different than the other one, it's just discomfort under a different name at the, I mean, at the simplest level, obviously I'm, you know, really oversimplifying, but at the end of the day, it's some form of discomfort. So then people can go down two choices like, well, I got to go this therapy for this and unpack why I have this and X, Y, and Z for this. And it's like 20 year process of trying to understand anxiety or whatever. Or you can say, well, actually the solution is just try to feel more calm and comfortable in myself. It's like, oh, okay, well, how can I do that? That's kind of like a different, a little bit of a different mindset. And from someone who, you know, lived with pretty extreme depression and anger and uh, mostly any negative emotion you can think of, I, I lived in it. I went deep into it. And what I'm saying is like how I actually got out of it and realized like, oh, <laughs> this is, you know, and as is after trying everything and spending decades and then realizing like, oh, actually the solution is a lot more simple than I thought. Um, and that's not to like, you know, cheapen anyone's suffering. It's just kind of like sometimes things can be really complicated or it's actually just we lack the clarity to understand the situation. And once we have that clarity, then the situation can be quite simple. Um, and it just reminds me, it's one of the, one of the things that the original mentor that I mentioned earlier, he was telling me about. And when I heard it in 2010 or whatever, it made me mad. I was like, Oh, that's, there's no way that's true. Like, because I'm different, I'm special. And my life experience is so unique and I'm all these things. There's no way that's true. And then <laughs> 10 years later, I'm like, Oh, I guess that was true. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of a long winded answer to, uh, to uh, what you're asking. Yeah. I definitely think the, um, like to have a, practitioner who can create that space for the client to like let enable them to understand that within themselves. It's like, that's, that's the challenge because there's a lot of, oh yeah, you know, like to, to just act as a mirror basically to like show them, Oh, oh it's, it's just there. Like you just have, you know, like you said, to make them feel comfortable. Definitely. That's a, that's another one. I mean, you know, we can get into that, like the feeling, feeling comfortable. Like what, what does that mean to you? And how, how do you, how did you ever enter into a space that you felt comfortable? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like such a, it's such a kind of like a trivial basic word, you know, if you, if you think of it, it's like, it's like, obviously I'm comfortable. Like everyone's like, of course I'm comfortable, you know? But it, what I realized is that, like, I mean, whatever pain that you're in, you kind of adapt to, and that's your normal. Like, to go back to the example of what I was talking about earlier with emotions, like, if I, if I describe anger, that might be completely different to how you describe anger. But, like, allegedly, we're talking about the same thing. If we lined up 10 people and said do you feel angry? And they're like, yes, tell me what you feel. People are going to have all these different kind of somatic sensations. So then it's like, how can we really agree on this is exactly what that thing is? 
Um, so basically it kind of goes back to the internal training. That was the only way that I was able to actually kind of get back to some comfort. And it, it, and it really is just kind of like simple mechanisms, which Chinese medicine and a good acupuncturist can do it as well. But I mean, it's basically like just getting your chi to sink, which again is also kind of like a really simple thing, but can go quite profound. Like, so here's the spectrum, basically like really low level, basic introduction to chi sinking. It's like relaxation. We've all felt it. It's kind of a natural mechanism in the body. Like when you're falling asleep at night, you're just like, Ugh. and like your head, your, your mind naturally quiets down. Like, it's almost like you, there's still thoughts, but they kind of go to the background. It's not like foreground, like buzzing. They're just kind of in the background, but you're not really, it's not really bothering you. You're just kind of aware and you're just kind of relaxed. And it is just kind of like a, a form of comfort. That's kind of like the low end, but like really, 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 really skilled practitioners that take sinking chi to the absolute extreme. That's when we get into people being able to stop their heartbeat people being able to withstand like getting stabbed, getting set on fire, like crazy otherworldly stuff that most of us don't believe is real. But that's like kind of the far extreme of really sinking your chi and like <laughs> that process. Um, so that's kind of what happened for me. And that allowed me to actually feel like, Oh, I actually feel comfortable. Like I can just exist. Um, I don't know. It is kind of an abstract thing to describe, but if you read like Taoist text or Eastern philosophy, it's what they're describing, not going to extremes, not being caught up in things, the illusion of the senses, like all these different things. They're not like literally putting down the world or it's not literally saying those things. It's more so trying to point to like, this is their actual experience in a way. Like they're actually just so comfortable and calm and centered that these other things don't really push or pull. But I guess the downside of that is I don't really know <laughs> that many ways that people can access it aside from internal training, which is why I don't really talk about it or recommend it that much. Um, Cause it's kind of a pain in the ass. I mean, I think the closest thing that we might have in the modern world could be neurofeedback. Um, I think that's a pretty amazing uh technology that I think is really accessible and easy for people to do that can actually allow the brain to correct itself um so yeah i mean comfort comfort and discomfort is the reason why i think people stay stuck in stress because what i realized is at a certain point in my life that the vast majority of the pain discomfort and conflict that i'd experienced i created it was it was actually my doing <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was kind of like an annoying, painful thing to be like, damn it, that was all preventable. But it's like, if you're stuck in discomfort or stress, you're just going to keep creating that. Like at the end of the day, because all, all, at least in my opinion and my experience, all your identity wants is to kind of be confirmed and fed. So like what, even positive or negative, like it doesn't matter really. It just kind of wants to keep that. So if you have this like, distorted negative thing going on it's just going to keep repeating and repeating so how that can circle back to things like reishi i think why reishi is so great is it can actually kind of like start to recenter people and then through that kind of recentering process 
then you can look at your life and be like, Ooh, I'm doing that. Ah, maybe I shouldn't do that. Or, Oh, this is how I'm showing up in this relationship. And that's why there's conflict because you're getting to more of a centered place, which in some mechanistic way, we could say your cortisol is lower or your stress is lower. Like those are all ways of talking about it, but it is so much deeper and more profound than that. And that actually reminds me of uh, an accessible way that people can get into it, which is like really good manual therapy, like craniosacral, lymphatic, visceral therapy, like those kind of modalities can give people kind of tastes of those experiences because they can tangibly drop people's nervous system out of stress, out of fight or flight into something better. And then once you kind of can have that frame of reference, you can start to kind of try to go there rather than where you were already going. So Hopefully that makes sense. Kind of, uh, yeah. Coming at it from a few different angles, but I think definitely neurofeedback and some of those um, other modalities I mentioned are can be life changing for people. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny when you mentioned how Reishi can um, like recalibrate the brain there, and I was just sort of thinking, I'm like, uh, what we're talking about here is so abstract, and it's like we're never going to see a clinical trial. We're never going to see a study that says. Um, reishi mushroom enhances deja vu experiences in a double blind <laughs> trial. <Yeah>. <laughs> like <laughs> we will never see that, but like what you're talking about, it makes sense to me. I understand. Um, it's because I, I'm open to hearing it though. Like people need to be open right. to like, um, receptive to this sort of information. If they're not, they're not on that right. wavelength, like they're just not, it's, it's whatever you say, just not going to, enter into their conscious mind, you know? Yeah. Mm. Is, so maybe it's absolutely true. <laughs> maybe Brandon, um, I guess something I'd love to like sort of finish off with is like, I guess for other sure. entrepreneurs out there um, and also maybe business yeah. owners, I've got a lot of people that list like have their own business that listen to this podcast. I'd love to hear about what you would say to your younger self if you had to redo it all again, what, like what sort of message would you give to yourself? Yeah. I mean, that's, I guess a really good question, actually. Um, it kind of ties into what you were just saying to where whatever message I might give myself, I don't think I would have heard it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, cause it's like, I, I had all this good information, but because my brain and my system was wired in, in a certain state, I just didn't, I just couldn't access it. Like I didn't realize the dysfunction that I was creating and that I was living in. Um, so that's part of it. But I think just getting systematized and organized, like that's the biggest thing um, just with life in general. Cause like, you know, I have friends that, or at various walks of life, people that are business owners or whatever. And like, I'll do in a day 10 times more than they will. But when I meet up to hang out with them, they're like stressed and frazzled and like, Oh, I'm going to do this. I got to do that. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like you haven't done much of anything at all today. I've done like, I worked for three hours. I trained for four hours. Then I ran a mile. Then I did this thing and did all this stuff. And I'm here with you now and I'm actually able to be present and calm. I'm not on my phone. I'm not worried about emails. And I'm like, well, why? Because I haven't always been that way. It's just basically realizing like, this is actually what I need to do based on where I want to go. And like, this is what I have to do 
And I think it's just getting in a position of like, this is what I can do. This is what I want to do. And then can I outsource or hand off these other things, which, you know, if you're just starting off or depending on your situation, some things you can, but just outsourcing everything you possibly can and not trying to be good at everything and do everything yourself. Like just admitting, cause like, I'm not very good at a lot of things. <laughs> like, so I'm okay with that. You know, I used to try to be like, Oh no, I can do it. And then I'm now I'm like, look, I suck at it. You're way better at it. You do it. It's fine. Um, yeah. So I just think really in terms of business and life in general, it's just being able to get things organized because a lot of times people are mentally like frazzled because their life is not organized. And, and those things all tend to go hand in hand. And what I realized is that once I got more organized in my business and my life, like a bunch of my anxiety and stress just went away because I just developed systems and routines and processes to just, I know what I need to get done and I know what's going to get done under these circumstances. So I don't have to worry about it anymore. Now I have all this extra free time and free energy to do whatever. So I think that's really just the biggest thing, regardless of like what you're doing. Um, and I just see a lot of people, like it just, it kind of reminds me of another point in this conversation I was having with a friend recently. And like I was saying, I don't think people are very complicated. I don't think life is very complicated anymore. And of course, everyone's like, oh my God, like that's such a, <laughs> such a, you know, contradiction to like my experience or my life or what people think or feel. And I'm just like, well, like just because some, just because you have, you're confused and something seems convoluted doesn't mean it's necessarily complicated. Cause like, I don't think people are particularly complicated. I think we're kind of simple creatures at the end of the day. I mean, we can appear complicated, but it's, I think a facade or maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just really simple minded. I don't know. Um, so that, that having those realizations and insights really helped me to just kind of simplify and really dial everything down so that I can be present when I'm training or present when I'm working or present with friends. Um, and I think that's really the most important thing is, you know, how you show up in your relationships and how you contribute to other people's lives and can, um, you know, cause I think that's ultimately, that's, what's the most fulfilling. I mean, I think, I think when we die, I know this is kind of getting off pretty off tangent here, but I think if you die, it's not, you're not going to be like, damn, I should have sent more emails. <laughs> like you're going to probably be like, ah, something related to someone you were close to or some connection, or maybe some aspect of your, you know, your mission or your passion that you didn't fulfill. I think that's going to be the, the biggest regret. So I just try to keep that in mind and shape my life around those things and just kind of like not get caught up in all of the other kind of trivia. Cause life it's basically like if you leave your cup and your door open, life will just put crap in it. It's like, I don't know if it's the same way in Australia, but 99.9% .9 of the mail that I get is junk. And I think that's a great metaphor for life. Like if you let it, life's just going to pile all this crap on you consistently. So you have to like have boundaries and barriers for yourself to just maintain your sanity, especially, you know, in the world we live in now. <laughs> I can totally, totally relate to that. Like the, um, just the ability to filter out all the noise and just be like focusing on the simple things in life and what, what you value and just focus yeah. on that. Um, but I think it can be difficult for a lot of people these days due to a number of, a number of reasons. But um, 
I, I've, I've been my, my general level of consciousness feels like I've, I've elevated after some of the, the, the things that we've spoken about here, here, Brandon, like I could, we could, we could chat all day about this sort of stuff and might even have to get you back on a second, second time round. Cause, um, you know, we could, we could dive deeper into more like business things and, um, like approaches to life and philosophy and things like that, which I really, I miss these discussions. Cause like a lot of the time my podcast is very biology, like just like yeah. hardcore science supplement dosages, timing, like that's just, yeah. I mean, everyone, everyone's good at something. I'm generally quite good at that sort of thing, but I really do miss the like yeah. philosophical conversations that we've, that, that I, that we, we have, we've just had now. Um, so I'd like to, I'd like to extend my, the invitation to my, like for my listeners, if they want to connect with you, learn more about your company, where can they um, connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. So I have my YouTube channel, which is at hyperiontv.com. So H-Y-P-E-R-I-O-N-T-V.com. I'm sure you'll have it linked as well. And then my business website is hyperionherbs.com. Same spelling. Um, so people can reach out to me there, um, through the website at Hyperion Herbs. And then I have tons of videos on my YouTube channel going in, you know, basically a lot of the stuff we talked about just going in a lot more, um, deeply and, um, yeah, it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good stuff on there and there's a lot of embarrassing stuff as well. Cause my channel goes back to like 2009 when I first started. So if you see someone on there that doesn't look like me, but kind of looks like me, it's me. It's just me a decade ago yeah. with like long hair and like a hippie. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I feel like at least with my YouTube channel, I'm kind of weird because I'm just as critical as what I think and feel and believe and say as I'm just as critical of those things as I am of things that I don't agree with. And I mentioned that because like people will be really critical of obviously what they don't agree with, but then when they get over to what they think or feel they don't carry the same kind of, uh, I don't know, whatever word you want to use that. So all of my videos are kind of like, why, why, I think I did one recently, why self-help doesn't help or why most healing doesn't heal. Like things like that, just pointing out like downfalls and pitfalls and, different ways that I think um, just basically, yeah, kind of, kind of like pitfalls that people could fall into that aren't particularly useful and people, you know, I've expressed gratitude for it. And, you know, I just try to share what's helped me over the years and uh, hopefully try to help other people because people have helped me get where I am. And I just try to kind of pay it forward a little bit. And, you know, I feel like, the few things in life that I am good at talking, I wouldn't say I'm good at it, but it comes easily to me. So doing YouTube channels, like kind of one of my things. So definitely people can check that out. And if people want questions about anything or resources or recommendations about anything that I touched on, you know, I'm happy to share whatever resources I have or point people in the right direction. Even if it's not me, I'm happy to say, Hey, this guy's got what you need or what have you. And I know you have a ton of resources as well. So I feel like, I feel like we live in, it's, it's kind of like what you were saying. You got to have like filters because we went from like no information to no options, no resources to like all the options and resources in the world are now at your disposal. And then it's like, oh, that's a whole other problem. So that's why I think, you know, the work you're doing is really important because you're, I kind of see it as like, as like a, not a gatekeeper, but like kind of a filter 
to where like you've you've like gone down all the rabbit holes and read all this stuff. So someone can come to you and say, hey, I want ABC. And you could be like, oh, here, here. So I feel like I've, I've kind of done a kind of tried to do a similar thing, but in kind of a different way. Um, I, I feel like, yeah, it's uh, hopefully it benefits people and that's how they can find me. It definitely is benefiting people. And um, I mean, you, you can probably see that with the, the comments that are left on your channel and things like that. But yeah, otherwise, Brandon, it was um, excellent, excellent to chat. Finally, we organized the podcast. Um, yeah, really grateful for you to come on the show and um, keep doing what you're doing. And um, I'll make sure to leave those linked in the show notes um, for those listening in. Thank you everyone for joining in to today's episode. For in-depth show notes and lessons learned, visit nofilter.media forward slash boost your biology. This has been a No Filter Media production. Say what you want. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.